Proverbs chapter 1. This book was written by King Solomon. He was the wisest person who ever lived in the early part of his life because the Lord came to him and offered him whatever he wanted for his kingdom in honor of his father King David and King David's faithfulness. And his son Solomon said, Lord, make me wise so that I can judge your people properly, because a king's main duty, according to the Lord's government that he set up in Israel, was for a king to be judge. Before they had the kings, they had judges. What the Lord always wanted was a judge and a priest over Israel. And the Israelites wanted a king, so he gave them the kingship. And Solomon was the third king in Israel. But when the Lord gave them the kingship, which a lot of countries have, he said that their king should be judge as well. Being judge means that you defend the weak, the poor, and the helpless. That's what it means in the Bible. See, Moses was the first judge of Israel, technically, and then Joshua, and then all of the judges after Joshua. The book of Judges is about all the people who judged Israel after Joshua. But Moses was really the first judge. He gave the people the law from God. The Lord created the law. And then Moses judged the people to see if they were obeying the law. So if you had a complaint with your neighbor, you would take it to Moses. And Moses would judge between you and your neighbor. And of course, he would find in favor of the one who had been abused or taken advantage of. The weaker one. When this later became Solomon's job as king, he would do the same thing, but he needed wisdom to judge properly because none of us are mind readers and none of us are omniscient. So the only way that we can make correct judgments is from having the wisdom of God. That's what Solomon asked for. So the Lord made him the wisest man on the planet. But the thing is, wisdom is action. It isn't just knowledge. When Solomon was young, he did what he knew was right, and that's action. That's why you can be five years old and be wise. It's all about your actions. A five-year-old can obey the Lord and obey their parents and do things that are right. And you can be a hundred years old and have no wisdom. If you do not do what is right, you will be unwise. Eventually, Solomon lost his wisdom. He started practicing paganism, and he got so deep into paganism that he really didn't know the Lord anymore. You can only know the Lord through obedience. The New Testament and the Old Testament teach us this. Solomon got to the point where he didn't know the Lord, and if you don't know the Lord, you don't have any wisdom. Solomon ended his life with the knowledge that the Lord gave him, but without wisdom. Yet, when he wrote the Proverbs, this is a book that is a collection of all of his wise sayings to the world. These sayings he developed when he was young and he still had wisdom and was still obeying the Lord. It'll be real interesting when we get to the book of Ecclesiastes. It's the most unusual book in the Bible, really, because it's written by somebody with very low faith, because Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes during the end of his life. It's still applicable for spiritual purposes, and we'll talk about that when we get to that book. But we'll have to remember that it is written by somebody who has lost almost all of his faith, whereas the book of Proverbs is written by the same man when he had loads and loads of faith. 
So this is going to be a faith-filled book. There will be some repeat information because some of his wisdom he said more than once. And that's normal because all of us say something more than once if it's really important. But it'll be a great book. Verse 1. Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And you know a proverb is a wise saying. 2. For knowing wisdom and instruction, for understanding sayings of intelligence. This book is so that you will have spiritual intelligence. 3. For receiving the instruction of wisdom, righteousness, judgment, and uprightness. Wisdom is doing the right thing. Righteousness is obeying God even though we have a choice not to. We choose to obey Him anyway. Judgment is taking care of the weak, the helpless, the needy, and the disadvantaged. 4. Forgiving to simple ones, prudence to a youth, knowledge, and discretion. Discretion is a very good character trait for anybody to have. It means that you don't go blabbing when you shouldn't be blabbing. It means that you can control your mouth. This doesn't mean keeping dark, dirty secrets for people. That isn't discretion. That's triangulation and a lack of boundaries. Discretion is when you don't say what doesn't need to be said. It takes wisdom to know when we shouldn't speak. 5. The wise doth hear and increaseth learning, and the intelligent doth obtain counsels. It says if you are wise, you will listen to the teachings of this book. 6. For understanding a proverb and its sweetness, words of the wise and their acute sayings. Acute means sharp. The sayings of a wise person are sharp. They cut into your heart and they transform you, if you're listening. And proverbs are sweet. They give you peace, comfort, and safety. If we obey the proverbs that are in this book, we will live a lot more safe and prosperous life in the Spirit. We won't be hanging out with abusive people and doing things that harm us. 7. Fear of Jehovah is a beginning of knowledge, wisdom, and instruction fools have despised. In order to be wise, we must fear the Lord, and fear of the Lord means obedience. Therefore, those who obey the Lord are wise, and that's why I keep saying that wisdom is action. Knowing the difference between right and wrong is not wisdom, that's knowledge. When Satan was selling the fruit to Eve from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he was not selling her any wisdom whatsoever. He wanted her to know what evil was and to practice it. He didn't want her to practice obedience to the Lord. Knowledge of good and evil doesn't make us good. But foolish people despise instruction, which means they don't want to obey, they don't want to follow rules. In our society, most people do not like to follow rules because they've been conditioned by the media, the education system, even some of the churches to believe that they don't have to follow rules. This is why it's so hard for Christians to obey the commandments of God. They're already conditioned not to obey anything. 8. Hear, my son, the instruction of thy father, and leave not the law of thy mother. Today, many fathers and mothers are teaching their children falsehood, but in Solomon's ancient kingdom, most fathers and mothers were teaching their children to do the right thing. 9. For a graceful wreath are they to thy head, and chains to thy neck. 
The Greeks would wear wreaths of laurels around their head, and a wreath of laurels means that you have accomplished something. It's like a reward. And chains around the neck here mean decorations. Here Solomon is talking about the wisdom of your father and mother if they teach you correctly, being as a reward that you would wear on your head or a beautiful decoration on your neck. 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, be not willing. When people want you to go drinking or carousing or gambling or tell a lie or steal or anything, don't be willing. 11. If they say, come with us, we lay wait for blood, we watch secretly for the innocent without cause. 12. We swallow them as sheol, alive and whole, as those going down to the pit. 13. Every precious substance we find, we fill our houses with spoil. 14. Lot thou dost cast among us, one purse is to all of us. This is saying that if somebody comes to you and says, let's lie in wait and ambush somebody and kill them so that they go to the grave, and then we'll take all of their belongings from their dead body, and we will keep that and will share whatever we steal with each other evenly. First of all, do you really think Satan is going to share with you? He's not, and that's why gang members and mobsters kill each other all the time, because they don't want to share. After you've been used up and you've served your purpose and they have the money, they're going to off you and keep it all for themselves. So there is a lie there, but also it's somebody enticing you to commit murder for financial gain. 15. My son, go not in the way with them. Withhold thy foot from their path. 16. For their feet to evil do run, and they haste to shed blood. They want to kill and destroy people, because they have demons in them, and it's saying don't go with them. This applies to anybody who's been tempted to join a gang, or who has joined a gang. This could be a motorcycle gang, it could be a street gang, it could be a crime ring, it could also be a secret society who tries to get you to join and pay dues, and then they start brainwashing you, and before you know it, you are now a criminal. There's a lot of gangs that you could be a part of. It could also be like a school gang or something like that. And sometimes gangs don't kill, sometimes they just maliciously slander and gossip about others. And sometimes gangs might just be a general crime ring that just wants to steal from their employer. 17. Surely in vain is the net spread out before the eyes of any bird. 18. And they for their own blood lay wait. They watch secretly for their own lives. When you think that you're going to kill somebody else and take from them, you're the one who's going to lose your life. This is why many gang members have died. Their own gang members killed them. Plus, they lost their salvation. 19. So are the paths of every gainer of dishonest gain. The life of its owners it taketh. Sometimes a gang can be a married couple, because one person will want to lie on the tax statement, and the other person will go along with it, or one person will want to extort from the family business, and their spouse will go along with it. So you could be a gang member with your spouse. 20. Wisdom in and out place crieth aloud, in broad places she giveth forth her voice. It says wisdom cries out in the streets, but nobody's listening. It's so true in this world. 
The spirit of the Lord, that is wisdom, is crying out in the streets, but many people don't listen. They turn a blind eye and keep sinning. 21. At the head of the multitudes she calleth, in the openings of the gates, in the cities her sayings she saith. 22. Till when, ye simple, do ye love simplicity, and have scorners their scorning desired, and do fools hate knowledge? 23. Turn back at my reproof, lo, I pour forth to you my spirit, I make known my words with you. 24. Because I have called and ye refused, I stretched out my hand, and none is attending. That's why our world is so messed up. The Spirit of God, who is wisdom, is crying out to us in our city streets, but people in the city refuse to listen. Wisdom stretches forth a hand out to us, but we don't take that hand. 25. And ye slight all my counsels. To slight is to ignore. So it's saying, you ignore all my counsels, and my reproof ye have not desired. 26. I also in your calamity do laugh, I deride when your fear cometh. The Lord will laugh at those who fall into the pit because they refuse to listen to him. He wants all of us saved, but there will come a day of justice when he can actually laugh because there are so many people who just hate him. They don't want to be saved. They love their own sin. They don't love the Lord. And one day he will be able to laugh against his enemies. But until you die or until Jesus comes back, you have the opportunity to repent and not be his enemy any longer. And he will welcome you with open arms and be so delighted that you repented. 27. When your fear cometh as destruction, and your calamity as a hurricane doth come, when on you come adversity and distress. 28. Then they call me, and I do not answer. They seek me earnestly, and find me not. When we turn our back on the Lord enough times, He then leaves us and turns His back on us too. Now this isn't permanent. If we repent, He'll immediately come back to us and answer our prayer. 27. When your fear cometh as destruction, and your calamity as a hurricane doth come, then on you come adversity and distress. 28. Then they call me, and I do not answer. They seek me earnestly, and find me not. 29. Because that they have hated knowledge, and the fear of Jehovah have not chosen. The knowledge it's talking about here is knowing the commandments of the Lord. A lot of people deliberately refuse to read the Bible because they don't want to know the Lord's commandments. They think that if they don't know, they're not responsible. But that isn't true because we all have access to the Bible. And if we're making a deliberate choice not to read it, that isn't God's fault. That's on us. 30. They have not consented to my counsel. They have despised all my reproof. That means that they hate the rebuke of the Lord. We should love the rebuke of the Lord because his rebuke means that we have an opportunity to repent and be forgiven. His rebuke will save us if we listen. 31. And they eat of the fruit of their way, and from their own counsels they are filled. Just as Eve ate from the fruit of her own way, that's what all of us have done when we turn our backs on the Lord's commandments. 32. For the turning of the simple slayeth them, and the security of the foolish destroyeth them. This is saying that the waywardness of those who refuse to obey the Lord will kill them. Their own sin will kill them. 
And when you think you're secure in your worldly ways, that will destroy you. If you're partying all the time and chasing after money and manipulating people to get what you want, it will destroy you. 33. And whoso is hearkening to me dwelleth confidently and is quiet from fear of evil. When you're obeying the Lord, you aren't afraid of somebody coming to your door and destroying you or shooting you on the street or raping or pillaging or whatever. Even though people can do that, we don't fear it because we know that we are God's child and he is watching over us to protect us. And even if something bad does happen to us, we know that it's for his glory and that it will build our faith, build our character, and give us a greater testimony because we can withstand anything. If we suffer, it is for his kingdom and we will have an eternal reward for it. But most likely we won't suffer because he will get us through anything. And that concludes Proverbs chapter 1.